It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week seven's edition of the awesome on the contrary show. I'm Dave Lockren, and joining me always, as he does every week, Alex Baker and a very special guest today. Someone that you may have seen at the top of the leaderboards, particularly three times in three different Millie Maker contests, runner up in two other Millie Maker contests. All of this within the span of the last 10 months. Don't ask me how it's possible. <laughs> this is for real. He actually did this. Geo Demers, you might know him as RBX88. He's joining us today to take care of business with this Week 7 slate. Geo, thanks a lot for joining us, man. And, um, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're not reclusive, right? You know, you do some shows and stuff. But there are many people that today are seeing you for the first time. They've seen you at the top of the Millie Maker. They've seen you win a lot of money. They know that name. But now they finally get to put a name to the face. Yep, yep. It's always the fun part. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're glad to have you with us. We'll get into all of it. Alex, week seven. I mentioned to you before the show, and we've talked about it throughout the week on a lot of our strategy shows, that uh, it certainly feels like one of these weeks. You told me you were surprised to see when you ran the ownership how flat it really is, even for guys like Gio Bernard. I think that might be a pretty big, um, that's going to be pretty something to really hold on to throughout the week, a pretty big theme when, when making lineups. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was expecting, you know, there, there's all these people talking about Camara, Gio Bernard, and a lot of other guys, Kyler Murray. And there's like so many good plays this week that it's almost like none of them are go- not necessarily going to be like super chalky. That'll make it really interesting. Of course, I'm still trying to chase uh, my first million dollar takedown, so I'm hoping that Geo here can uh, can give us all some tips about you know what what we should do to to find uh, that that secret sauce. Man doesn't have a Twitter account, but he does have an Instagram account. If you want to hit him up, uh, you can do so at gd underscore mers eighty eight gd mers or underscore mers eighty eight. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AwesomeODFS. Follow myself at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And, of course, Awesomeo at Awesomeo underscore com. So, Gio, uh, before we actually jump into everything here, uh, just a little backstory on you. So you've won three Millie Makers uh, since December 2019. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you've e- you even told us at the, before we got started that you had two runner-ups, two second-place finishes in them, and only one of them was a high-stakes finish. The biggest question, and it's not an easy one, so no one expects a perfect answer, but, <laughs> but how did it happen? Like, Do you even still know how something like that could happen over the course of 10 months? Well, it was, it was kind of funny. A friend of mine, he, uh, uh, when I won the first one, he's like, all right, you're not due for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, true. <laughs> so it was really funny because, and then I got, and then I wound up, I don't know the dates, but I wound up getting two seconds and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is unreal. And then he's like, oh, you know, you're definitely not due. And then I went to the golf tournament and I'm like, this is just, this is just unreal. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just running insanely hot. And then the last one, the rec- most recent one, um, 
I was the high roller that I played and I and I won that. And I'm like, this is this is unreal and this is like just like unheard of what what I've done the last ten months. Like people, you know, play the million dollar maker to try and win it and they haven't won it in like five years and I won it three times in ten months. So. How long have you been playing DFS before the first win? Um before the first win, I would say like three years probably, three to four okay. years. I caught on pretty quick. I was I was terrible, you know, when I first started and then I signed up on Awesomeo and you know, changed I changed it around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly seems like it. That Awesomeo plug right now was not requested for me to announce. <laughs> completely unsolicited. But uh, no, we're glad to have you here with us, man. And uh, happy to be here. I heard that Alex told me you did something really cool with uh, with with some of this money that you'd won from all the Millie makers. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I um. So that actually the money, the tournament that I won, the most recent one was on my dad's birthday. And uh, we were out to dinner and it, I'm like, hey, I was, he was being quiet. I'm like watching on my phone. I'm like, yeah, I think dad, I think I'm going to win. You know, I'll let you know in like a little while. And I wound up winning on his birthday. And, you know, we were all excited, you know, you know, jumped up down the car and stuff. So I, so then the following Sunday, I wind up getting his dream car for him the next Sunday. I, I, I found that I got it from Texas. I got it here in a few days. And what kind I, of car? It's a nineteen fifty seven Ford Ranchero. It's a really like rare wow. car. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It, it's su- super cool looking. Um, so yeah, I did that. You know, I you know I donated some to uh, 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 a few charities too. Um, I helped out with uh, uh, like a, a rescue, like uh, animal rescue. So yeah, you know, I've been you know giving back a little. I feel that you know it's good to give back and it makes uh, people happy too. And, you know, it feels good. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah sometimes I think, uh, you know, I just have bad karma as a bad person and it reflects me pretty much <laughs> hey, everything. Stop donating. But uh, I love the animal shelter idea too, man. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I like animals more than I like humans. Um, Alex. So one piece of housekeeping duty here. We've actually seen another COVID-19 related schedule adjustment this time. Not so bad. Uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Las Vegas game was moved from Sunday night football to the four o'clock Eastern hour. Uh, the reason for that being that they wanted to make sure they could provide the fans with a Sunday night football game in the event that that game got uh, 86th from the schedule. Seattle, Arizona moved to eight o'clock, but they're keeping it on the main slate. So we went from 11 games ending at the 4 p.m. hour lock to 12 games now with an 8 p.m. game mixed in as well. Yeah, that should be really interesting because Seattle, Arizona, I think it's pretty evidently one of the best DFS games of, of the week. Seattle's given up some huge performances so far this year, and Arizona, I mean, you got an absolute star receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. He hasn't really shined for the past couple weeks, but the first one, like, it just showed that potential of getting, like, 15 catches or something crazy. So I think that'll be, that'll be really fun. Uh, and, I mean, there's a lot of other great games on the slate, too. Yeah, and a bunch of guys that are currently uh, questionable to play. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, let's dive right into it, Gio. We'll kick it off with you here. Seattle and Arizona went from four to eight, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really popular game, though. You look at our awesome top stack tool. Quarterback ownership here is through the roof. Arizona number one. Uh, and Seattle number three. So it goes to suggest that you're going to see a lot of stacking in this game, uh, whether Hopkins plays or not. Um, how are you approaching this one? Now, this is an on-the-contrary show, right? So we like to take different approaches, and a three-time right. maker winner has certainly taken contrarian approaches to get where he's been over the last year. With this being such a popular game, how do you approach it for Week 7? Um, well, the fact that a lot of the players, they're, they're really expensive. So, like, playing Wilson, if you want to double stack a Wilson to, like, uh, Lockett and Metcalf, and then, like, you're running it back with, if Hopkins does play, you're running with Hopkins. I mean, you're going to have, like, 4000 for, like, each player left over on average to spend. So, it's really, like, an unbalanced lineup uh, if you do stack this game. Um, you can always just, uh, uh, I mean, I do like the other, like, playing Murray just to, like, maybe one receiver or something because he can get, you know, a lot of rushing too. And he can just, he can, you honestly can maybe just play him solo too. Um, 
but uh, maybe we can just go. They have uh, Kirk and who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Christian Kirk. You're talking about uh, Andy Isabella? Yeah, yeah, Andy Isabella. That's it. So you can, like, if Hopkins is out, you can just, you know, stack him with this one and run it back with one just so you can get kind of leverage and you can kind of balance out your lineup by taking other, like, good value plays. Um, Yeah, and Alex, again, you might not be a Millie Maker winner. We we get that. But you've become the number one ranked player in the world with your ability to see what everyone else isn't seeing. And uh, I think it was um, uh, Rich Rebar last week. The three of us were talking about how difficult it is to train yourself to be able to make plays that, that, that may not seem optimal, right? But in football, so many things can happen that aren't really projecting on paper. And now you've got almost all of these games with a 50-plus point total. Uh, does that make it easier for you to get away from a game like this or, or be different with a game like this, knowing that there's, there's such a variety of good games outside of Seattle, Arizona, with monster totals and a lot of potential scoring? Yeah, definitely. I think Gio made a great point about how all these guys in the game are really good players, but they're really expensive. So you can't really easily game stack this one. Um, And that makes it really interesting strategically, because even if it's the best game, maybe it's not going to show up in the winning lineups for a full game stack. So I think uh, Kyler Murray is projected to be one of the top-owned QBs. I think he is the top-owned projected QB this week because you get a little bit of a discount from some of the other star guys. But the thing about Kyler Murray that makes him really hard to play in a really large field tournament is everyone's going to pair him with the same guys because they don't have any tight ends that are any good. I mean, Dan Arnold, he's not really putting up any fantasy numbers to speak of at tight end. And then Fitzgerald, not a very exciting option. So then you got Kirk, and Kirk had a huge game last week. Uh, and I think maybe people are going to chase that. So, uh, But then, again, Hopkins is such a good player. He's like the natural stack for Kyler Murray. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out what's my angle here. And I think Kyler to Hopkins will be really high-owned. Kyler to Kirk will be really high-owned. And then there's not really any other option. So I, I think I might fade this one. Yeah, it's so tough, too, because Kirk, last week, Alex had this this monster game. Uh, against a completed and, and, and horrible Dallas Cowboys team. But he was targeted only three times on the day. He had uh, one touchdown for, I think it was like a six-yard uh, shovel pass type play and then another 80-yard bomb. Aside from that, though, he was, he was very underwhelming from a usage standpoint. So I think we have to take all of those things into consideration for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that's a great point about the targets where maybe – He's just going to be a boom-bust player in Kirk. And you don't want to play that guy when he's really high-owned. And I'm just thinking, you know, people have that big performance on the mind. So uh, maybe maybe you go rushing in this game, although Drake also put up a big score. The one guy that maybe stands out as uh, maybe someone that people will be hesitant to go to is Chris Carson. If uh, Seattle dominates this game, he could put up a big uh, fantasy performance. The only thing is that Russell Wilson, he's like the only quarterback in the league that the team really scores more touchdowns passing than rushing, like relative to how much they do of each. So Carson's touchdown equity isn't very exciting, but I think he could be a contrarian play. All right. Um, So... Gio, if you look to another game here with a 55-point total, Lions at Falcons, it's, it's another one where if this blows up and you see 80 total points, I don't think it shocks anybody. But with Matthew Stafford this season, you're, you're talking about someone who has really attempted very few passes compared to what we anticipated. He was on pace for almost 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns last year, and now he's attempted 31 passes in three straight games. Uh, and one of these games is playing with a, with a, from behind against New Orleans. Let's talk about the Lions a little bit. What are you doing with here, and what should also be a really popular game? Um, yeah, I mean, Stafford, I feel that, like, every time I see him and he's in a good matchup, I feel like he just, like, never gets there. But, obviously, it's um, uh, uh, the Falcons. They, I don't know if it's just Kirk Cousins last week that he's just, just terrible or that the Falcons were all fired up that they got the new, the new coach. So 
it, it could I can see could see them playing good defense versus him, and uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be um, what's the projections right now on the ownership for uh, Stafford? So right now Stafford's ownership is coming in as the sixth highest, around six percent, which is another the, the ownership is really flat outside of a couple of spots this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at this morning. Um, yeah, he could be uh, a good play. I mean, it's a great you know it's he's easy to stack and they're super easy runbacks. Uh, uh, you can, I mean, Kenny Galladay obviously can break the slate at any point. So pairing him with, you know, I guess Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson, I, I, I'm not sure about him. He, he's just, he was all hyped up and he hasn't really shown too much. Um, and then you have easy uh, runbacks with uh, Atlanta. Um, you got Ridley, Gurley, um, you have and Julio Jones, I think. Julio Jones obviously had a really good game last week. Um, and I, I don't know his price. I forget his price. But when that got, when he gets hot, though, he can like, stay hot. And I feel that when on the Falcons, um, them being so expensive, you can't really like full game stack it, obviously, because it's just really – I think it's just hard for them to get there at that price. Yeah, Alex, the the – Flat ownership to me is something that really stands out on a week like this. You've got Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt with the awesome ownership projections coming in north of 20%. But that's really it. There's nobody else projecting for more than 20% ownership last week. Uh, I think in the $500,000 slant for week six, you had uh, uh, eight or nine that were 20-plus percent owned. One of them was Miami defense, but still. Uh, and then there were a lot right beneath that. Does this does this change the way that you look at games? And I, I know we talked about it a little bit with Seattle, but when I when I talk specific games here, whether it be Seattle, Arizona, Detroit, step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Atlanta, like, are you just far more willing to, to get different? Or do you say, well, there's no real chalk. I can kind of do whatever I want. Uh, and how does that apply to a game like this between the Falcons and Lions? Yeah, that's a great question because if no one is really getting a ton of ownership, it could mean two things. One, just like there's so many good plays that it's hard to just pick pick one that stands above the, the rest. Um, or it could be, you know, like certain players maybe on hot streaks when people are trying to chase them. So it's all about trying to figure out the two. And this game has a really interesting situation with DeAndre Swift. Because DeAndre Swift, he didn't get a huge workload last week, but he had a huge game. He won people a ton of money at low ownership. And he was a first-round draft pick this year. Or second round, I can't remember. But uh, I think uh, like people are going to... like. I kind of see like the sharp uh, people I'm trying to like think. They're like, well, he didn't get the workload, and therefore you know, we expect more of the same this week. And he just kind of was the outlier. But then again, maybe the Lions coaching staff that they like see this as his breakout, and now he's going to take the lead over Adrian Peterson. I don't have like a very strong lean of which one of those is true. I mean, there are probably some elements of both. Um, so that I mean, the Lions running backs have been really hard to read all year, and that just makes it that much harder. So, I'd be really interested in what you guys think of DeAndre Swift. Yeah, Gio, we're, he's coming in at sub-6% ownership, so it's not as of, as of now that people are really chasing last week's performance, and I think there's a variety of reasons for that, but does that open up an opportunity to go here and say, hey, I'm going to bet on him, begin, I'm going to bet on him begin to take over these backfield duties ahead of Adrian Peterson, who he's been far more efficient than this season? Right. Um, yeah, I like what Alex said, like how uh, that everything is kind of flat and there's a lot of good plays, so... I don't think people will be really focusing on him too much and kind of like, so I feel like some weeks, some people forget about a guy um, like the one week where Brandon cooks, he was like 33%. And then the next week he was like 6%, you know, and it was still a good matchup and they just completely forgot. So uh, I guess that can be another one of those situations here. 
um, if he's and Swift does um, is a pass catcher, I do believe, uh, and so he could you know get a lot of uh, um, uh, a lot of targets, and he could take over like the goal line work from you know Adrian Peterson too. You just don't know how much Peterson is going to cut into Swift, so um, I, you could take go over the field on this, and you know it's probably a good spot for uh, Swift. You know he definitely is a sneaky play, I believe. So what are your thoughts on Gurley geo on the, on the other side where he hasn't been particularly efficient, but his workload has been pretty huge. And I, it wouldn't be shocking to see that you know, everyone ends up targeting the passing game here uh, with the, the Jones, the Ridley's, the Galladay's uh, even Marvin Jones jr. Who the chat is discussing and who has burned many of us this year. Uh, but Todd Gurley coming into this one with, with a pretty solid, pretty solid couple of games under his belt, not last week, but the week before that, 28 DraftKings points, 19 prior to that, uh, $6,000, also coming in very similar ownership to DeAndre Swift. Yeah, so Gurley, when he was on the Rams and he was, like, red hot, you could play him every week and you, you can just get, you know, 20 fantasy points every time. Now, ever since he got injured, I feel that he's a little – He's a little gun shy. He doesn't have like that pop that he did. And he's like not consistent. Uh, He hasn't been too consistent after that injury. Um, So he kind of like scares me a little bit, but he could get there. It depends, uh, 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 you know, how how he's, I think, I think I I believe like how he's actually feeling. Like if he just wants to go crazy and just go for it, you know, but I feel like these guys, when they get these injuries, they get kind of gun shy and, you know, they do pop here and there, but, they're just like so inconsistent for me, me to really play. I mean, you could play Gurley by himself, but uh, you know, I would wouldn't pair him with Ryan. Um, uh, but I would I would take maybe a small shot on Gurley. But I, I'm just I just really don't not feel him too much. What about you, Alex? The the only thing that keeps me coming back to at least entertaining the idea is that the Detroit Lions have been slaughtered in the run game this year, and had that not been the case probably wouldn't even be a spot that I'm super interested in based on nobody really garnering a ton of ownership outside of a few players. Um, what are you doing with Gurley? I think Gurley is really interesting this week as a contrarian flyer because last week Julio Jones like just went crazy. So everyone's going to be bullish on Atlanta's passing offense. It's a good spot for Atlanta. They have a team total of 28 and a half, uh, which is really good for a team that, you know, they struggle on the defensive end a lot. Um, so the kind of improbable thing that could happen this game is Atlanta just kind of runs the ball a lot more than you expect. And I do find that rushing fantasy points are more valuable than receiving fantasy points for running backs because of the touchdown equity. So, I mean, if you get a game where... I mean, Todd Gurley, I've projected for half a touchdown on the ground. If he gets two, I mean, it's... It's somewhat improbable, but not not crazy by any means. Then he's going to be absolutely like essential, and I think that given the price of six K on DraftKings, he's going to be really low owned. He kind of fits into the role of that high priced contrarian play that could win you a tournament. Okay, um, Alex. Throughout the rest of this game, are there any pieces that you really like that aren't being discussed? <laughs> The one thing I, I, man, I had to do a double take on this. Uh, I've been working really hard to figure out exactly how to determine, like, how much is the team going to rush versus pass because, like, that's so important on a week-to-week basis. The Lions under Matt Patricia, they become a lot more run-heavy. I have them as a base rate of about 46% running the ball, and I had to do, like, a double take because you associate Matt Stafford with being such a high-volume passer but then, I mean, you were saying how he's only had 31 attempts in the past couple of games. I don't know. Three straight. Three. Wow, yeah. That, I don't know if that's really an anomaly. So it's like when if they do pass the ball a lot, uh, I mean, they have so much upside. But I don't know if we can expect that to happen as often as we'd like. Hit that thumbs up <laughs> if you guys are just jumping in the room. And if you haven't subscribed yet, do so. Only like 58% of uh, people that actually watch the show are subscribed or sorry watch the channel are subscribed so uh, if you haven't done that do so if you don't like it simply click unsubscribe no one's keeping you here hit the notification bell as well so you always know when new content's gonna drop next geo 
Packers and the Texans is another one with a huge total. Matter of fact, it's the highest total on the slate at 57. And uh, a couple big pieces of news here uh, are when you talk about Aaron Jones, who has been really one of the best running backs from a fantasy standpoint, especially his ability to get into the end zone uh, over the past couple of seasons. He was a late addition to the injury report, seemed to aggravate something or tweak something in practice, didn't practice yesterday, uh, which means if he ends up sitting, you could see someone, you could see Jamal Williams at minimum salary, $4,000 on DraftKings, become mega chalk this week. uh, And I would say absolutely the highest owned player on the slate. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine in this phenomenal spot that if Aaron Jones sits, everyone won't be on Jamal Williams. Yeah, now this is a game I'm excited about. <laughs> um, so I always like um, like bounce back spots for like guys like Rodgers, and I think the Texans are a perfect team to do it against. Um, I think uh, Rodgers is probably a little felt like a little defeated when he you know they got blown out by the Bucks, and now he has a great uh, bounce back spot bounce back spot um, against the t- Texans. Um, so the Texans are secondary. The, they just seem to just be getting torched, and it, it seems like the last few weeks they've just been playing shootouts. And, you know, Rodgers, I guess, wouldn't mind, you know, playing a shootout. As far as uh, playing Rodgers, to, who to pair him with, um, I guess you could, if Aaron Jones does it, you could pair him uh, with uh, Jamal Williams. Um, you can uh, you can double stack uh, Rodgers with, and just uh, go Jamal Williams and Adams and – I think this. I think Texans are really bad against uh, tight ends too. So I think uh, Tanyan is that his name? Robert Tanyan, yeah. Tanyan, yeah. Um, I don't mind just playing uh, Rogers with Adams and Tanyan. Uh, you can go a lot of ways this game, and you can full game stack it too. Uh, you can uh, you can do a lot of different things with this game. Um, Alex, your thoughts on the <clears throat> highest total game of the week, where? Aaron Jones is questionable. Now, feel free to talk about whether you like Aaron Jones uh, or whether you whether you expect him to play, don't expect him to play. What you're doing with that backfield uh, if he's inactive or active in a really great spot on the ground. Uh, and then Devontae Adams coming off of a game that disappointed a lot of people. He was targeted double digit times, but finished with only six for sixty ones, scoreless yards. Uh, and then a bunch of secondary and tertiary guys on that Packers team. And then on the flip side of that. Deshaun Watson has been, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, spectacular over the last few weeks. He's thrown nine touchdowns over his last three games. Uh, Brandon Cooks is finally looking like he's back to full speed. Will Fuller also on the outside, another speed guy that can take the top off of any defense. And then David Johnson, who's seen his touch counts remain very high over the past couple of uh, games. I mean, this game from top to bottom all around just has so much appeal. Definitely. I mean, both teams have strong offenses and then are, are pretty below average on the defensive end in both run and pass defense. I'm kind of excited about Devontae Adams. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was crushing when Devontae Adams was out with like these really scrub receivers. And now Devontae Adams came back and he had a really bad week. So that was like really uh, contrary to what we expected, but I'm hoping that people just hesitate that much more to click him this week in a great matchup. So I think uh, Devontae Adams is going to be one of my top-owned plays this week. On the Houston side, I mean, you got to like the shootout potential, as you were saying. And uh, David Johnson, he's the contrarian guy for sure. I mean, I'm going to be chasing this guy every single... Well, I guess chasing is the opposite of the word. Just trying to hit with this guy every <laughs> single week. The last four weeks, he scored between 12 and 14 fantasy points. We know that uh, in NFL DFS, there's huge variance. That's just like an anomaly that he scored the same amount four weeks in a row. But the volume is there. And uh, when you have that kind of volume, uh, it's going to come. Some, some days you're going to get 20 plus, other days it's going to be below 10. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to take some gambling on David Johnson, given that he hasn't had a breakout game yet. We had a question, too, uh, on Twitter asking about Chris Carson. Just to backpedal for a moment here, with all of the passing volume, uh, not passing volume, but all of the appeal going to that game through the air, um, just 
real quick thoughts on Chris Carson at a price point that's uh, it's a little steep, Alex, but it does feel like uh, he isn't getting a ton of attention either in another very uh, projected high-scoring game until you look at ownership because this guy asked, why is no one talking about Carson? Carson's projected for the eighth highest ownership on the slate. So it's not just the passing game that's getting owned here. Okay, yeah, so that is definitely a higher ownership than I would expect on Carson. I mean, he's yeah. been, he's been good this year. Like, he's gotten 23 targets. We've known Carson as this guy that doesn't catch a lot of passes, but uh, he's been targeted on 22% of his routes so far this year, which really shows that he's turned a corner in that respect, and that just increases his, his bottom line that much. And he also has uh, more than half of the, the rushing attempts for Seattle on a weekly basis. So I think that he has a ton of upside. The ownership's a little higher than maybe you'd hope, but you, you are also kind of taking out some of the other high-owned plays if he goes out, goes off. So, Gio, are there any other games right now uh, that stand out to you as just potential smash spots here? that nobody is actually talking about opposed to Chris Carson, who people not be, might not be talking about him, but our ownership suggests that he's actually going to be pretty popular. Uh, any other games that you really like that jump off the page to you? Well, I, I've been hearing people talk about him, but I do like Herbert on the chargers. Um, he, he has the air yards that guy has, and he's been so consistent over the last five games. If you, if you look, he's, he's averaged about, 23 fantasy 24 fantasy points uh per game basically and this is a great matchup for him um uh, i love he's easy to stack and um i'm not sure if i would even run it back because they can just blow them away um uh, uh but you could run it back with a few guys on jacksonville that's another game that's really appealing to me that i think he herbert can really really shine in this spot and and really go off so another one too geo we didn't talk a lot about this uh at this tampa bay game throughout the week because well we didn't anticipate it being on this slate right (laughs) so now you have to kind of weave this into all of these other games fortunately we can update our projections our ownership our top stack tool uh to make that all very simple for anybody that's over there at awesome but uh as far as this one goes it's another projected high scoring game it should be relatively competitive, although this Tampa defense, man, the run defense has always been smothering. But their pass defense has looked far more efficient lately. The, the, whole, the, the whole team is swarming the ball, uh, and they're, four, they're laying four points on the road. We moved this game to 4 o'clock, and they, by the way, they signed Antonio Brown. They love, the, they love these so old cheap. guys. They can't so cheap. That's so what, cheap. What's that? That's so cheap. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, what are you doing with the Bucks? And then Alex, I'm going to ask you about the Raiders on the other side. Uh, with the Bucks, I honestly, the only thing that really sucks about Brady for fantasy is that he does doesn't rush the ball. And I feel like in fantasy, you really want to try and target guys who rush. Um, so, uh, and the the thing is about the team now that adding Antonio Brown is like, who do you pair him with? Like, there's so many like to get the right lineup. I don't know. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I just doesn't. I'd rather just take like little pieces from this game than actually stack this game. And the, the defense, obviously, as you said, uh, Dave is re- really good, and it should just absolutely smother Jacobs. So I think you can just take a little few pieces from this game. I really wouldn't stack it, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not. I don't necessarily disagree with this. Uh, I will bring ownership into the equation here, Alex, because that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, Tampa Bay getting pretty low stack ownership, team stack ownership. Las Vegas coming in around three percent as well. Uh, with this game being one we really haven't talked much about, why don't you go ahead and cover it on both sides? Uh, from Henry Ruggs, who had that monster game in his return against Kansas City. Josh Jacobs, who continues to have, you know, some of the most volume in the league. Uh, and then 
on the other side, Godwin and Mike Evans, one of them's been hurt almost every single week, so it's been pretty tough. This team's been banged up. Uh, and then Ronald Jones. I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but uh, we, we, I expect you can handle it. Ronald Jones is having a really strong season, and they're making an effort to get him the ball a lot, especially in positive game scripts, as we've seen. For sure, yeah. This, uh, this game, well, we've got to start off with the COVID stuff because that mm-hmm. seems really significant that uh, four offensive linemen for the Vegas Raiders have been ruled out for this game. No more positive test was the last report, so there's some silver lining in all of this. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the fact is they're going to be playing without most of their starting offensive line. The line did shift. Uh, sorry, the, the betting line shifted 1.5 points in favor of uh, Tampa after that news, which it, that, that's not really that much. I mean... I would have thought maybe the offensive line would have been worth more than 1.5, but that uh, that that does hurt the the Raiders a, a decent amount. Um, one of the interesting things I found about the Raiders is that they run the ball a ton when they're down. In fact, uh, over the last season and a half, they've run the ball 47% of the time when being in comeback mode. So like that's actually higher than their amount with neutral game script, which was really surprising to me, I guess. Uh, so they're definitely a team that like maybe a contrarian play would be running back Josh Jacobs with Tampa. I mean, it doesn't, maybe that's a little bit too fancy, but uh, I, I do like Josh Jacobs. We saw versus the chiefs that uh, he was able to get it done. And what you would think would be a negative game script. And then Darren Waller, he, He's been getting crazy volume this year. Only averaged 8.7 yards per catch, which is pretty bad. Um, but, I mean, the volume's pretty insane. So he's uh, he's been targeted on 25% of his routes, and he's running routes on 87% of plays. So that is elite for any position, especially tight end. So... Uh, those would really be the guys I'm looking at. Ronald Jones, I'm, I'm going to fade completely because last week, LaShawn McCoy came back. He got a lot of the third down work that, uh, and Jones really didn't run as many routes uh, as we had been seeing in previous games. He went from 52 to 40%. Um, and with Leonard Fournette, I haven't checked his status recently, but... That, that's a factor if he plays. Um, and given that Ronald Jones has had an insane blow-up game, I think I'm going to be fading him now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, we just got Ian Rappaport tweeting two minutes ago, uh, Dawson Knox tight end for the Bills tested positive for COVID-19. Tight ends Lee Smith and Tommy Sweeney. Uh, he's on the pop. And Nate Becker uh, on the practice squad are considered close contacts, co- close contacts, sorry. Uh, all of them won't play on Sunday, but they are traveling. So uh, another piece of information to pay attention to. One of the biggest pieces of news throughout the week, particularly late in the week, was Joe Mixon being sidelined, uh, being ruled out yesterday, Geo. And while there's another Geo that's going to be getting a lot of attention <laughs> this week, Gio Bernard, in his opportunities to fill in as a starter in the past, really hasn't been bad, right? I think he's averaged around 17 touches uh, and 88 yards, I believe. Not not terrible numbers. You can imagine that, that his ownership will be up there, especially if Aaron Jones plays and Jamal Williams isn't part or isn't in the equation. Uh, going up against Cleveland, the Cincinnati Bengals had that backdoor cover last time. Joe Burrows with a late touchdown, but they were pretty much out of it for its entirety. The Browns coming off a brutal loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are you doing with Geo with Mixon out? Um, he's he's obviously uh, a, a good play. Um, uh, it just really depends. Like if I guess Aaron Jones is like out or not. Um, he. I, I feel that like Cleveland's run defense is not too bad. Um, is, is is Bernard the min price on the DraftKings? Joe, Joe Bernard on DraftKings is priced at forty five hundred, so he's five hundred above the minimum. DraftKings, of course, this season uh, elevated running back minimum salary uh, and wide receiver minimum salary from three thousand to four thousand. 
Uh-huh. Is, is it Browns home, right? Uh the Browns are at are playing uh, on the road since Gio oh, yeah, Bernard's playing at home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, th- the only problem is is that if if Browns get up, uh, if, if they're they're up a lot of points, I don't know if they're gonna. They kind of it's like a reverse the game script on Bernard. Um, but it, it seems like I guess the spreads would I guess be pretty small. Uh, I honestly I I really don't really. I know I'm just. I just don't like the matchup for uh, Bernard. Obviously, he's a good play, um, and if it saves you some salary, um, if you if you need to be. But I'm not really too fond on uh, Bernard uh, uh, this week. Alex, what about you? Knowing that we've seen a lot of this, where you know Chalk Boston Scott ended up beating a lot of people up. Alexander Madison was chalk in a fill-in spot for Dalvin Cook last week, and he was expensive. DraftKings. Um, Dra- DraftKings priced him up a lot, like preemptively priced him up a lot after that Dalvin Cook injury, but he was real cheap on Fandle, ended up being pretty bad. We've seen this happen on a number of occasions where you know, backups come in uh, and they become chalk because, well, it's really the most predictable position. Uh, Gio Bernard does have the pass-catching upside, though, which I think appeals to a lot of people uh, in this spot against the Cleveland Browns. Where do you go with him? Yeah, the Bengals are intriguing because they have Joe Mixon, who they really, you know, think is a really great rush uh, running back, and then they just run at a really low rate, uh, even in neutral game script. So, I mean, I, they've been playing from behind a ton this year, and I, I've tried to factor that into. So I expect them to run even less with Gio Bernard, given that he's uh, more of a threat uh, running routes and uh, not that great as just a power running back. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, it's all about the price, 4500 We've been talking all, all afternoon about all these high-priced guys that we want to roster. He's going to be the guy that makes that possible this week uh, if you want to punt running back. I mean, punting wide receiver every week is somewhat viable. We've seen that be kind of the winning strategy recently. But as a punt running back, Gio Bernard is uh, pretty much as solid as you're going to get. Let me stick with you for one second, Alex, uh, and, and continue on with uh, the, the Gio Bernard and, and, and the cheaper running back talk. So uh, there's a, a lot of discussion, of course, about Gio in chat, as there should be. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, another guy I want to ask you about is in this first one of the first wave of games, Latavius Murray. We've seen him, and, and, and this might be surprising to some people, because all you really hear about is Alvin Kamara. Uh, but you've got no Michael Thomas. He's ruled out. And then, Gio, I want to go to you, ask you a lot about this game here because there's a lot of inactives. Emmanuel Sanders is sidelined here. And the New Orleans Saints are actually pretty heavy favorites against what I would consider an upstart Panthers team, but still seven-point dogs in New Orleans. Latavius Murray, however, has seen uh, 10 touches, 15 touches, 13 touches, over his last three games, he had 15 touches in week one in that blowout win against the Bucks. Could this be a spot, especially with Breeze entering the twilight of his career, down your number one and number two receivers, where you just see them do everything they can to pound the rock, and Latavius Murray actually ends up becoming a solid value option to get away from some of the popular cheap backs? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy at all. Latavius Murray, uh, if the Saints run the ball a lot, He's going to get a large portion of that. Where Kamara, I feel like his workload is going to be a little bit more consistent from week to week because uh, they just don't want to play Kamara for too many touches every week. But uh, that being said, I, I think I do prefer Bernard just being locked into the number one role, even though it's a worse offense. I, uh, I prefer going to Kamara by, or Kamara by a lot. Um, because, I mean, we do have Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Michael Thomas out. So far this year, Kamara has been targeted at an insane rate when he's running routes. At 32% of the time, he's run routes on drop back. In the last three weeks, he's run uh, routes on Breeze dropbacks at 80%, 63%, and 83%. That's way higher than almost all running backs, so I'm just... Seeing the pass volume being so big, and he's pretty good running the ball too, that Kamara is definitely uh, probably my top play of the week. Okay. What about you, Gio? Uh, No Michael Thomas, again, just to repeat this. 
no Emmanuel Sanders, that, that's going to leave the New Orleans Saints uh, pretty hamstrung at the position. You're talking about um, Traquan Smith, who's actually been pretty decent this year. Uh, and then it gets down to uh, Marcus Holloway or Callaway, sorry, and Deontay Harris. And of course, Jared Cook. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with Alex. Uh, when Michael Thomas and Sanders are out, Kamara's workload is absolutely insane. Last time Michael Thomas was out, I think uh, uh, two weeks ago, I actually had him in my winning lineup. He hit his floor game. I think it was like 20, um, <laughs> literally his floor. And uh, I think Murray like stole two touchdowns from him. So like if those went to Kamara, he like gets like 40 points. So I really like – I think Kamara's like the top – one of the top plays, and Saints do are going to be using both those running backs uh, in, in the game too. So I do, uh, David, I like what you said about Murray. I do think Murray can kind of, you know, uh, Murray can. I think they both can get like the uh, hundred yard bonus too. It's very possible because uh, because Carolina's run defense is one of the worst. So uh, they can, but they might just use them to the whole game. So I, I really like this uh, Camaro this week. Okay. Do you like any of these pass catchers for the Saints? I know it's ugly. It's slim pickings for sure. But if they are forced to throw the ball, it's got to go somewhere down their number right. one and number two. Yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, they get trick on Smith and uh, uh, Jared Cook. You know, they, it depends. I don't know how many targets they got when uh, last time when Michael Thomas was out. Um, obviously, they're going to get some targets. Uh, but from the same, from it seems like from the Saints uh, like game plan is that. They love to run the ball when, when those guys were out. So yeah, I guess uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, I'm not really too keen on him. I guess Jared Cook is, I guess, a good tight end option uh, uh, this week. I guess uh, tight end option is kind of uh, not that great this week. Alex, do you think we'll see a lot of formations where you've got Latavius Murray in the backfield and Alvin Kamara lined up as a receiver in the slot, maybe even outside? That is a great question. So what I would do to try to figure that out, I'd probably head to PFF, look at the snap counts. It is somewhat uh, unusual for running backs to get more work because uh, another position player is out. But if we look back to this uh, this game in Week 5, Kamara uh, and Murray play a combined 79 snaps out of 76. Uh, week 4, we got um 66 or 76 out of 70 so there is a handful of plays every game where they're on the field together it looks like you can expect maybe 10 plays or or potentially a little bit more uh given that another player is out now Uh, yeah right and that's what i'm wondering because sanders joins thomas on the sidelines could that potentially make a difference I think it could, yeah. I I'm kind of intrigued by the the guys replacing Sanders and, and Michael Thomas. Uh, the guy I'm really keying in on is Deontay Harris. He was out week five, uh, but he's back now. He's been targeted eleven times this season, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's been twenty one percent of his routes. Whereas Traquan Smith, he's only been targeted twelve percent of his routes, and Marquez Callaway fourteen percent. So Deontay Harris projects as maybe a guy that, with increased snaps, could see a much bigger role in the offense than Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway, and he's the bare minimum at 3K. So I think, I think Deontay Harris is worth taking some shots on for sure. Awesome. We've got an awesome promo going on, by the way, getting in that spirit, Halloween spirit. Alex, you know, I had a guy down the street from me, uh, or a family down the street from me, they put up Halloween decorations in August. And I just uh, it's out of control, right? And I know with quarantine, you're trying to you know, maybe get the kids feeling a little bit better and stuff. But they took them down a couple days later. So someone must have said something. <laughs> anyway, if you use the promo code PUMPKIN at checkout, you know how to spell it. P-U-M-P-K-I-N. At checkout, you can get an Awesome Plus weekly NFL Plus platinum. So all of our NFL stuff, everything for NFL for $10.31. You get it. October 31st, $10.31. That's nearly $20 off the original price for the full Awesome Plus Platinum Weekly Pass. You can test everything out. Very low risk, too, right? Maybe, you know, you you, you keep that wallet tight to the tight to your ass cheek and, and you don't want to 
you know, put money out there unless you feel comfortable with something. You say, oh, you know what? Okay, a whole month, annual. Well, for a week, $10.31, uh, you get a very good idea of what you're getting here. Everything from our ownership projections, our player projections, the top stack tool, all of our premium articles, the lineup builder. You can grab the Fantasy Cruncher add-on as well. Um, and all of our showdown content as included. If you want to do just showdown content and some other main slate and, and, and NFL stuff, you could get $3.95 a week. All of our showdown content is included in the express package now. So we got something for everyone at uh, awesomeo.com slash join. Check it out. Use that promo code pumpkin to check out. It's $10.31 for a weekly Awesomeo Plus Platinum NFL Pass. All right, Geo. Let's turn the corner here before we get to our uh, fades and pivots for week seven and a t- our top bet or our top prop bet for week seven as well. Uh, trying to, to bounce back from after last week, Alex. I think we've got a good one here. We'll see. Dallas and Washington, though, Geo. This is just a battle of the bad. Uh, so was Thursday night football between the Giants and the Eagles. Um, somebody like Antonio Gibson. We've all wanted him to do really well, and we've all been waiting and waiting and waiting for it to happen. Could this finally be the week, or have you jumped off of that? Um, it seems like when – so I haven't really been on him, like, all year, and I feel that when I'm on someone, I like as Alex said before, <laughs> with David Johnson, he's just going to keep chasing him. <laughs> so I'm probably not going to have anything to do with Gibson since I haven't really been on him, so – uh, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'll be going there this week. Okay, Alex, Antonio. You know I have to ask this question, <laughs> right? Um, a- Antonio Gibson. You actually have him projected for pretty decent numbers this week against the Dallas team that's coughed up an excessive amount of rushing yards. Even made Kenyon Drake look like a stellar running back last uh, last Sunday or last Monday. What are you doing here? I like the Antonio Gibson call. I think that uh, the volume has been solid. Uh, so he, in the the last week, it looks like he lost a lot of work to Peyton Barber and McKissick, only rushing 40% of the attempts. But you just have to go back one week for him to get 92% of attempts. So over the season, he's gotten 53% of the rushing attempts. The solid but not amazing. He's been targeted on 24% of routes, so I think the the workload is very solid. The price point is really the appeal here because he's 5K on DraftKings. So I think uh, when you go up against Dallas, that's just been completely abysmal. And Washington, uh, I think at one point they were a favorite in the uh, the betting markets, and now it looks like they're a tiny dog. But regardless, Antonio Gibson looks like a solid play. Every week, Dallas, somehow the line <laughs> closes with them being favored. Uh, and they let everyone down. Oddshopper.awesomeo.com, by the way. Uh, it's awesome. Or just go to awesomeo.com, click on the Odd Shopper at the top header. Uh, you can see all of the betting records against the spread straight up, the over, uh, the, the totals um, straight up as road favorites. You can or straight up, you can see them as road favorites. Everything, like all of the splits, all the stats you're looking for. Uh, not only that, though, but you get all the point totals, the spreads right in front of you, the money line, how much of the public money is coming in on a certain team uh, on the point spread, on the total, all of the stats, injuries. Like all of this is just on one page, by the way. Uh, you can track all of your bets as well. You can plug them in. You can set up uh, notifications for your watch list. Uh, and of course, the best part is if you're looking for player props, a specific game or a specific player, just type that name in the in the search box and his props will pop up for you. That's just scratching the surface. Check it out. It's entirely free. Uh, so, you know, there's no risk to doing so. I think you'll like it, though. It's really helpful, not just for sports betting, but for DFS as well. OK, um, Geo, the Dallas side of this game is is ugly with Andy Dalton at the helm. Now, I've said a bunch that. Dalton did not play well, but he certainly uh, didn't benefit from Michael Gallup drops and pass interference calls that weren't called where CeeDee Lamb tripped. A lot of things went wrong, all in all, right? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, though, they want to get him involved as much as humanly possible. Is this finally the week where they can do it and just force feed him and keep the ball out of the air? I mean, he's just been a total friggin' airhead. So like uh, I, I don't, he's like fumbling the ball. Uh, he just seems like since he got that contract, I feel like he's just like ah whatever. I don't really care no more. 
Um, uh, I, he, he is in a he is in a good matchup. Uh, uh, the Redskins defense, they're, they're, I don't think they're too ter- I don't think they're too that terrible. Um, uh, but he, he could you could take a shot on Zeke this week. He could. I'm just he's just been fumbling the ball a lot lately, so I'm really not too sure um, about is it. Ezekiel Elliott this week. So what are your favorite spots for this week? Somebody put in chat. Uh, tell us who you guys like, not who you don't like. <laughs> well, to be fair, a lot of these guys we're talking about that we don't like are going to be super popular plays, and you kind of yeah, have to yeah. na- navigate the waters there a little bit. What are some spots you really do like? Um, I do like the, like I said, my favorite games are like the uh, the, the the Chargers, playing the Chargers, playing the, uh, uh, Green Bay, um, and I really don't like much else, <laughs> like besides those two. Uh, you obviously have the Falcons, um, and uh, uh, Detroit. Um, I'll probably have little shares of that game, but for the most part, I'm just going to have a ton uh, of Rodgers. And as Alex said, uh, Devontae Adams is probably one of my favorite plays this week. Alex, I've got to ask you about this game before we get to our fades and pivots because it's one that stands out to me, has me scratching my head, but also feels like it could be a really big smash spot. The Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a 50-and-a-half total. It came down from 52-and-a-half. It's still north of 50. Steelers are getting a point-and-a-half on the road. The Titans have been spectacular this year. I'll take the L there. I really thought they'd be like a 500 team. But as Ben Rossa mentioned earlier in the week, Mike Vrabel's very good. But the Titans have been involved in so many high-scoring games that it feels like every time they're anywhere on the field, it could shoot out last week 46, 42-36, 42-16, 31-30, 33-30. It's their last four games. And Pittsburgh has a stable of weapons that can produce and create yards and fantasy points. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Titans and Steelers, a game that's vastly going over low. Man, I'm glad you didn't ask me about the Buffalo Jets game because I thought that's where you're going. Because oh, uh, I ask you about the Jets every week. <laughs> I'm kind of off the Jets now. Let's not talk about what happened uh, these previous weeks. Uh, but Tennessee, yeah, not... Tennessee is one of the, the most run-heavy teams in the league. And now you put them against a really good run defense in Pittsburgh. So that really makes it hard to, to figure out where to go, especially given that Tennessee just absolutely smashed in fantasy last week. Maybe it's a good week to just let the ownership come back down before going to them again. Um, in Pittsburgh, I'm, I think this Claypool situation is going to be interesting because, I mean, he's been exceptional, but he had like kind of subbed in for Deontay Johnson. Uh, now that Deontay Johnson is back, you got to wonder, is Claypool going to not see 90% of the snaps like he did last week? But he's been so good that I wouldn't be surprised if Deontay Johnson sees that hit to his work. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of feeling like Claypool could, like, I I don't think he'll be sneaky because he's been on like a pretty good hot streak, but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of buying into Claypool a little bit. And then Connor, I think, is always kind of like a good contrarian running back that's never going to get a ton of ownership, but has a good workload. All right. You guys know we can't hit on everything throughout the show, but that's why we've got tomorrow's NFL Marathon kickoff show. Usually it goes from 10 Eastern to 1 Eastern all the way up until lock. But we've added a show. Josh Engelman, Adam Share, 9 a.m. Eastern, getting you started bright and early, taking a a lineup builder type look, a deep dive into what they're doing with Cruncher and groups. You'll find out tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick with us throughout the entire morning uh, for the NFL marathon kickoff show. It's going to be great. Gio, as our guest of honor, I'll go to you first. Your favorite fade of the week or your top fade of the week, not necessarily someone you're going to have none of, but that you might get away from. Uh, and then your top pivot of the week, potentially a low-owned player, maybe it's Herbert or somebody else that you like that's going overlooked. Gio. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Sorry, I missed everything you said. Oh, all right. Your favorite pivot of the week and your favorite fade of the week? Um, my favorite fade of the week, uh, I would just... I think like Russell Wilson. I think he's just too expensive, and he 
it's it, it just the that whole game is too expensive. So I just like fading that game. Um, as for top, as for my top pivot, um, it's kind of all like kind of flat this week. So it's really hard to pivot off any button. But sure. if, if I had to pivot off of one of those running backs, uh, I do like uh, uh, well, Latavius Murray to possibly don't snake some from uh, uh, Camaro this week. Beautiful. Alex, what about you? My fade of the week, I, I, I like that Russell Wilson fade. Um, I think that he might be a little too expensive to make a great lineup. Uh, my fade is the Washington football team. I mean, they're a chalk defense, and we saw Miami. They uh, Miami's defense was 35% owned last week and won people the monies. Now, I think people might be not as uh, worried about going to the chalk defense in Washington, but despite the fact they're playing against Dallas with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's, he turns it over a little bit, and Dallas's offensive line is a bad matchup versus the Washington defensive line, but the probability that Washington gets a defensive touchdown is still pretty low. So I think I'm willing to just take chances on other guys to fade the, the high ownership on defense there. All right. Did you have a pivot you like, somebody lower on that's not really talked about this week? Um, I think uh, so with the pivots, I'm kind of looking at maybe uh, what's a team that uh, people are expecting everyone to, to pass and then maybe you play the running back or vice versa. So I think uh, maybe uh, – so I see Traquan Smith is getting a good amount of ownership in Camara, but maybe you uh, you take uh, Deontay Harris, who I think is kind of a guy that no one's going to have heard of, and then Jared Cook is also pretty low-owned. So maybe you just stack those guys up. Uh, maybe <laughs> Breeze might not be that good a quarterback to stack, but... Um, I do think there's there's pieces in this New Orleans game that you can pivot away from Kamara and Traquan Smith. All right. And favorite prop of the week or any specific bet. Like, I'll, I'll give you one. I have uh, Matt Ryan more passing yards than, than Matthew Stafford. It's really not juiced that much towards Ryan, which surprised me. Guy's averaging 300-plus yards per game this year, 40-plus pass attempts. Uh, I, I just I can't buy into Stafford airing the ball out 40-plus times until we start to see it happen. Uh, and until it does, uh, I'll keep going with someone like Matt Ryan that passes a whole lot more uh, and for a lot more yards and has an arsenal of weapons uh, from from Julio Jones to Calvin Ridley to Hayden Hurst. It, it, the list goes on. Uh, Gio, your bet this week, you said you had one already that you had in mind. Yeah, I know I know it seems a little crazy, but um, the, the Saints really haven't been blowing out teams, and I feel that, like, Panthers kind of always just, like, stick in there and in competitive games. And also, Bridgewater was on the uh, uh, Saints, so I do like the um, Panthers' money line. Okay, Panthers' money line. All right. I thought you were yeah, going to when I, I don't when I, when I take – when I bet underdogs, I don't take the points usually. I just bet money line. All right. They have, hey, weird things have happened this season. If there's ever a time, uh, it's 2020 for sure. Alex, what do you got? Close us out, man. So uh, my favorite kind of bet is one where the data might uh, lead you to the wrong conclusion. And uh, I think uh, like the kind of bets I'm talking about are like Lima Colt Perrine when Frank Gore's uh, – everyone's thinking Frank Gore is going to be the lead rusher. Maybe you bet the Frank Gore under and hope Michael Perrine gets more of the work. This week, my bet's along similar lines. I'm betting the under for Adrian Peterson rushing yards. On points bet, the over-under is 46.5. And uh, if he had the same workload as, you know, in previous weeks, that would be a, a flip, basically. But uh, we did see last week that DeAndre Swift saw 16 rushing attempts. Adrian Peterson saw 15. Kerryon Johnson saw 4. I mean, the, the Lions rushed 35 times. So, like, both Adrian Peterson and Swift got a ton of rushing attempts. Swift was far more effective. So I'm thinking that maybe they give Swift more of the workload this week than last week. And that would mean Adrian Peterson under is very likely to hit. Love it. The NFL lineup builder is free at Osmo.com today. So is MLB ownership projections and the MMA top fighter tool. All of that completely free. So, uh, 
You can check that out if you want to use the promo code PUMPKIN. Again, uh, a full week of Awesome O Plus Platinum NFL content for just $10.31. It's a monster discount. Uh, and you can listen to all of our shows on podcast platforms, wherever they are, anyone that has podcasts. If you don't want to jump on YouTube, uh, go ahead, listen through the podcast platforms. It's as easy as doing it is going in iTunes or whatever you need to do, whatever you use. We're on all of them. Uh, thanks, Gio, a lot for joining us, man. If you guys aren't doing so yet, go to Instagram. Follow the man, GD underscore MERS 88. Uh, and uh, look for him at the top of the leaderboards alongside Alex Baker at Awesome ODFS, myself at Lafay underscore D. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Four hours of NFL action kicking off at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Brand new show. Be sure to stu- uh, tune in for it. Show those guys some love as we run that all the way up to 1 p.m. lock. We'll see you back here next week on The Contrary. <laughs> Bye-bye, 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 bye-